This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, December 6th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park, the owner of the Old Orchard Shopping Mall in Skokie, looking toward a major makeover that would include apartments. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the gig economy is forcing more people to come up with their own retirement plans. That's also true for independent contractors contractors and many part-time workers. We're joined by Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. Ed, thanks for joining us today. A, a, a freelance job is very attractive if you like the flexibility. However, it doesn't come with the same perks that you would get from a full-time gig uh, like uh, regular medical insurance coverage or a retirement plan as part of your benefits package. So how how can you save for retirement if you are a gig worker? Yeah, so being your own business owner comes with a lot of perks, but as you outlined, Rob, a lot of challenges as well in terms of what you're bearing in terms of an expense. And one of those challenging areas is in when it comes to retirement planning and retirement plans, because if you work for a big company that you contribute and they have a, a pretty robust match, that helps you get to financial independence further. But as an independent worker, you know, trying to figure out what is the best option can be challenging. And that's why we often direct our clients who are independent workers towards retirement plans that not only help their taxes today, but also help them fund uh, their futures uh, to reach a financial independence. On a percentage basis, how many workers are independent workers uh, compared to full-time or maybe part-time employees uh, since the Uber era began, let's say about 10 years ago? Well, that's a great question, and I wish I knew that statistic right off the top of my head. But what I can tell you is there are a lot more workers in small companies than there are big companies. And so this is where it's, it's so critical to understand what tax incentives you have available, what programs you have available, everything from a solo 401k to a SEP IRA. And this is, again, where working with a certified financial planner and a tax professional can help you create that plan, again, to help you save and reduce your taxes today and save for the future. What difference is there between an independent worker and someone who is starting their own small business? For example, what's the difference between someone who may be driving for Uber or for DoorDash versus somebody who has their own business that they've started that they sell their products on Etsy? 
Well, if you think about it, they're they're both independent business owners. So even though you're working and getting, let's say, a 1099, which means you're not an employee of the company, but you get a 1099 for the wages you earn, it's very similar in terms of owning your own business. Anybody who's a gig worker out there, this is your business. You choose to work how many hours you need to work, and you have more flexibility, uh, more flexibility. If you decide to start your own company on Etsy or other things, you know, then you have to realize now you have to treat this as a business. So from that standpoint, it's good accounting, it's good books and records. Because again, remember that you receive income, but you also have expenses. And that's where that small business owner or independent gig worker can really follow through and be efficient in taxes in terms of understanding what that means exactly to be either an independent worker getting a 1099 or a business owner. And then very quickly, uh, Robinhood announcing it will pay a 1% match on customer contributions to retail individual retirement accounts. Uh, how big of a game changer is this for independent workers? I'm not sure it's so much of a game changer, but what I can tell you, Rob, is given the competitive nature of the industry, more and more companies are going to most likely offer this incentive. So, you know, always be careful about getting lured into a program that offers some sort of benefit because you really have to understand the overall cost and objective. And while I think it's a good move in the right direction, I believe more and more firms are going to be helping these gig gig workers save more money for the future. Ed Jertsen, Certified Financial Planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Major changes are being planned for the Old Orchard Mall in Skokie, including a housing component. Let's get the details from Serge Kamlinski, who is the Senior General Manager of Westfield Old Orchard, based in Skokie. Serge, thanks for joining us today. Uh, The story of any establishment that's been around for 60 years is the story of change and evolving with the time, Serge, and uh, adding a, a residential component to Old Orchard is part of that story of change. Uh, if one were to live at Old Orchard in the future, where would they call call home? Thanks for having me on, Rob. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really the plan to the plan really is to evolve Old uh, Westfield Old Orchard into really a micro cityscape against the backdrop of Chicago. Um, where our guests can really dine, hit the gym, pick up groceries, see a concert, shop for the latest trends, and even live here with access to all of those things at their fingertips and more. Shopping malls have been dealing with all sorts of uh, headwinds, and that's even before COVID-19. The switch to online commerce, uh, the fact that, you know, shopping malls in general are less less of a place where people would go and hang out compared to several decades ago. How has Old Orchard weathered those headwinds? I think with projects like this, along with continuing to strive to have the best-in-class retail and entertainment at the shopping center, and really you know, driving the new generation of shoppers to Old Orchard uh, with all the, the the latest trends and brands. And it's interesting, though, it seems like Old Orchard may be better positioned to make this transition compared to the traditional indoor shopping mall, because, you know, I've, I've been to Old Orchard many times, and because it's an outdoor mall, it does have more of a town square flavor than a lot of other places, which probably makes that transition to a retail housing entertainment space a lot easier compared to some other shopping malls. Absolutely, especially coming uh, coming out of COVID, it, it, that uh, rings more true uh, even now. 
because people just feel more comfortable comfortable being outside. And just like you said, it, it seems it feels like a little bit more of an urban and community landscape than uh, than a traditional indoor shopping center. What about the uh, office space component of Old Orchard? Uh, there are a number of businesses that are located uh, inside that office tower uh, on the shopping mall complex. Uh, how have you been able to uh, weather the switch to remote work? Uh, so far, so good. I mean, our, our office uh, office tower here is is uh, largely medical use, but uh, it, it remains being filled and... and um, fully occupied and we really plan on building on that uh, office component and medical component really in the new redevelopment. And what's your timeline for uh, uh, turning this shopping mall into the residential retail and entertainment experience you're talking about? Sure. Um, I mean, we've started some small uh, projects this year. We're kicking off the redevelopment of the the former Lord and Taylor building in 2023, really reimagining that space. And then by 2024, we are looking to kick off the major redevelopment uh, in the north side of the center. So we plan to have phase one of that project really uh, open by early 2026, I want to say. Serge Kalimski, Senior General Manager of Westfield Old Orchard, based in Skokie. Thanks for joining us this afternoon to talk about the big changes coming to the shopping mall. Coming up next, a slowing economy is slowing the return of business travel. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. Business travel made a comeback this year, but it's facing a post-pandemic hurdle, and that is the slowing economy. We welcome in Joe Schwederman professor of public services and director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University based in Chicago. Joe, thanks for joining us today. And all year long, we have talked about kind of the slow comeback in business travel, because when you're looking at dollars and cents, uh, you're trying to justify, is this better as an in-person gathering or is this, would it make more sense as a as a Zoom meeting? And it sounds like the economic turbulence might be uh, heading off the business travel recovery before it really has a chance to flourish. That's right. This fall has been pretty good for the airlines on business travel, especially that convention uh, business, which has bounced back. McCormick Place is doing pretty well. Uh, but the the latest news is that United in particular, CEO uh, Scott Kirby, is saying that business travel has plateaued. And uh, we're feeling the effects of uh, some corporate cutbacks and things. And we wonder if there may be a ceiling effect, too, that people are willing to travel again for business, but they're trying to attend to that quality of life of the workers. So they're cutting back a bit. So Wall Street's a little nervous about this latest trend. Obviously, uh, a lot of travelers are flying for leisure travel, a lot of families making up for lost living and going on vacations. And uh, the airlines are doing really well in that sector. But how does that affect the Uniteds, the Deltas, the Americans of the world uh, that really relied on the uh, corporate travel agent uh, booking all sorts of seats and first-class upgrades? Upgrades and you know how does that affect their uh, economic model if those business travelers don't return in massive numbers? Oh, it does mean some big changes, and we've seen uh, with fuel prices being pretty high and those high end business travelers not being uh, as, as numerous as they used to be. The airlines United are trying to move toward uh, parking some of those regional jets. Uh, Cranes had a great article last week on just how they're cutting back these fifty to seventy seaters which are mostly aimed at giving business travelers lots of frequency, you know, the hourly service to LaGuardia and so forth, and now substituting generally with bigger planes, which are a little more economical, 
targeted a bit more toward those pleasure travelers who are less sensitive about the schedule. And how does that change the uh, the the economic model of perks? Uh, because we talked last week about the airport lounges and the fact that uh, Delta was telling some people you got to get out because they're so congested. You know, airport lounges, first class service, all of these things that were designed with the business traveler in mind. How does the airline industry switch that over to a leisure travel model? Yeah, it's really interesting. In some ways, the glory days of the frequent flyer program uh, are over in the sense that uh, even business travelers are often more price sensitive than go for the lowest fare. Uh, but we did see the airlines years ago switch to uh, receiving points for how much you spend. And uh, that uh, it was a smart move because we're seeing that business travelers now are paying a bit more than pleasure uh, wanting to take those midweek uh, one-way trips. But it does mean that a lot of the uh, uh, configuration of the airport uh, airplane are changing. We're seeing less first class, less premium business class, and more of the economy plus, uh, coach plus type products for $30, $50, get an extra couple inches of leg room and perhaps a little more onboard service. And we're finding pleasure travelers are willing to pay that, and even business travelers who are you know, the so-called leisure trips, combining business and leisure, will pay uh, a bit more for those conveniences. But some of the big perks, you know, like corporate membership and uh, travel clubs and uh, uh, those kind of things, unfortunately for the airlines, are, are ebbing. Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, spending Christmas at the beach. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. An extra alarm fire in a Hyde Park apartment building leaves a woman in critical condition. Charges have been filed against the accused gunman in the Colorado Springs LGBTQ nightclub killings. In Travel Tuesday, heading to the beach to celebrate Christmas, Federal Reserve policy impacting the strength of the dollar and will have an effect on the stock market. WBBM business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 434 points. The NASDAQ is down 232. The S&P 500 is down 67. We have 43 degrees right now in Chicago under cloudy skies, topping out at 44 today, topping our news at the half hour. Crews spent around eight hours this morning knocking down a massive extra alarm fire in a building on the south side. It broke out around 3.30 in a four-story apartment complex at 51st and Kenwood in the Hyde Park neighborhood. Chicago Fire Commissioner Annette Nance Holt says hoarding conditions made it tough to get inside the structure. We've had two other fires this year already, similar conditions. So it's important for people to know if you know someone who has a hoarding condition, try to get them some help because these are the times that matter when you have a fire and we try to gain access and it hinders our ability 
to gain control of a fire or even get in there safely or keep from hurting one of us as well. At the peak of the inferno, 250 firefighters were at the scene. A female resident of the building was taken to the hospital in critical condition. The suspect accused of killing five people and wounding 17 others inside a gay nightclub in Colorado faces 305 counts, including hate crimes and murder. District Attorney Michael Allen will be the lead prosecutor in the case against Anderson Lee Aldrich. We are going to prosecute this case to the fullest extent of the law. We also have filed bias-motivated charges in this case, meaning that we think that there's enough evidence to satisfy our burden on bias-motivated offenses. Investigators say Aldrich was wearing body armor when he opened fire with an AR-15-style rifle. The noon business hour continues at 12.32, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in the red again. We're joined by Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, The market sell-off continues now at its second day. The Dow down 444 points. Is this strictly another case of uh, traders working through their recession worries? It certainly is, Rob. I mean, I think Wall Street is concerned about the recession, which inevitably will come, but I do not think that recession comes anytime soon. But what's really interesting is the traders and investors really focus on what Fed Chairman Powell is going to say next Tuesday and Wednesday in their last meeting of the year. There have been recent expectations that they will slow the rate of their interest rate hikes. Seemingly, it's about a 50 basis point. That seems to be the odds that they're going to raise rates one more time. And then they potentially make a pause. But what's interesting is that all the gains we had last week have been given back, but it's been very emotional. It's a very emotional market. You're seeing crude oil way lower, which does help us all at the pump, as low as we've seen gas prices quite some time. So this is part of the process as we're seeing inflation finally abate. We're seeing the 10-year note finally down at 3.5%. It's down 75 basis points. So there, I think there is a component, a correlation between interest rates finally taking a breath. You'll see a lag effect in equity. So I do have optimism for the end of the year here. But right now, we have to get through this Fed meeting. And, and, and there seems to be uh, the thing that's driving all the pessimism these days uh, is a report that came out earlier this week that suggested that uh, wage growth is still robust, hiring is still robust, and that right. uh, the Fed is going to have to continue drilling through both of those data points until they feel satisfied they've got the job done. Well, that is a narrative, Rob. You're absolutely right. Good news is potentially bad news. We saw a very strong jobs report. I think that's positive for the U.S. economy. The economy still continues to grow. What's interesting is earnings. We look at some of the big names down today. Of course, Facebook having a bad day today. A lot of the technology, again, leading lower. But it's this earnings cycle. Will earnings already been priced in or will earnings continue to come lower? But I do believe that a lot of this is positive. You look technically, Rob, which I'm a technician. We just went and tested the 2 moving average. We failed the 2 moving average. But nonetheless, this is really healthy to see on a chart that it has the ability to move higher. So I think all the pessimism, all the bears, they're going to get pushed into their cave here once Santa Claus comes down the chimney. Where is the crypto space these days? I mean, obviously, every day brings another admission uh, from Sam Bankman-Fried about the collapse of FTX. Uh, we did learn earlier this week that a number of other uh, crypto exchanges, at the very least, uh, are trying to uh, demonstrate to their customers that they do have enough money on hand uh, to cover customer deposits. But where is this space going uh, now that uh, one of the big Biggies has completely collapsed, and we're learning more and more about why. Well, Rob, I think we're still in the dumpster on fire. Uh, It's definitely a dumpster fire when you've seen in the wake of FTX. I think bigger picture broadly, 
Bitcoin, Ethereum, some of the bigger names inside the cryptocurrency, I think they will come out of this. But this is uh, horrific. It's a tragedy to see. The fact that he's still walking around the Bahamas, not arrested, is in jail. He's a fraud. And it's very disheartening that this lack of regulation is allowing that. But nonetheless, I think cryptocurrencies do pull out of this. But right now, it's an absolute dumpster fire. What happens uh, to the markets uh, once the SEC goes in there uh, with the hoses and puts that fire out? I think the damage is done, and that's the good news here. I think the damage is done. It's been priced in. We've seen a a dramatic pullback here. I think some of the um, less legitimate coins, if you will, will fall the wayside, but I think you'll see more and more winners go into Bitcoin. There's a finite number of Bitcoins out there, Rob, so I think that will come to realization in 2023. Jeff Kilberg, founder and CEO of KKM Financial, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, heading out of town for a non-traditional Christmas. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. More people are opting to skip the cold during Christmas, choosing a much warmer celebration instead. Let's discuss the possibilities with Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors, based in Scottsdale. The website travelbta.com. Angie, thanks for joining us today. A white Christmas doesn't necessarily have to mean snow. It could also mean white sand beaches somewhere in Florida or in the Caribbean or just someplace warm. That's correct. And how many people you know, work with you to book that warm weather getaway either on Christmas or shortly thereafter? Well, especially if you're coming from the Midwest where snow is inevitable January and even February, possibly even March, it's very popular to just pack the bags either before Christmas, before the holiday. Um, Oftentimes we have travelers who, and we have two instances where one family is giving the gift of a Disney experience the morning of Christmas and they're packing their bags and they're on a night flight out of Chicago on the 25th. We also have a family that's going to reign in the new year in London. So these are experiences that can really allow you to give the gift of an experience to your family. So I think it's very popular and we're seeing it only becoming more popular. The London Christmas is intriguing to me because over the past 20 years, the movie Love Actually has uh, made its way into the uh, Christmas classic Pantheon. And it's a movie about all sorts of intersecting love stories at Christmas in London. Does that give people the itch to er the urge and the itch to go to London and celebrate Christmas there? Right. That's one of my favorite movies, especially this time of year. And I totally agree. I think we find a lot of travelers as a result of the holiday movies and one that inspire you to travel to the destination where the movie takes place. We find our phone ringing during the holidays to say, don't let me forget. I want to plan this trip for next year. Um, And keep in mind when when it's peak season, especially if you're traveling with a group, your family, a larger family, you need to almost plan this a year in advance. And there, there are sometimes exceptions, but the issue you'll have is trying to coordinate the planning of your airfare for a last minute trip along with the land. So we've done some last minute research over the last couple of weeks and found like, for example, if you're willing to jet set to the Virgin Islands, you might be able to sail away on a private catamaran. Um, So it doesn't mean that these last minute uh, trips aren't available and some people like to plan travel that way. 
But big picture, if you're going to plan a customized itinerary to a popular destination like London, where you're going to need airfare, activities, tours, transfers, hotel accommodations, you really are planning almost six months, if not a full year in advance. So, Angie, as a travel professional, how do you watch the movie Home Alone um, and interpret that, you know, a large family gathering going to another destination, going to a different country at Christmas time? How do you evaluate the McAllister's travel plans? And that's before they leave the kid behind. For sure. You really do have to remember, we're already stressed around the holidays, you know, so we really have to be careful of not to plan something without really doing the homework before the travel, before the holiday parties. Um, And one of those things you really have to do, particularly if you're traveling internationally, is take a real good look at those passports three months in advance. Make sure that everybody's passports are up to date because we've had situations where travelers have called us and during the holiday season, it's going to be really hard to get one of those last minute day of appointments for your passport. So we hear of those stories, not so much a child being completely left behind. I think that's for the movies, but there are situations where 20 travelers are planning a trip And unbeknownst to one traveler, they don't have their airfare. They thought someone else took care of the airfare. So they're scrambling to book a last-minute ticket. So there are these comical stories, especially when you're combining families and holiday and travel. Oh, sure. They're funny later. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. The website, travelbta.com. Join us this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. Still to come, why investors should take a hard look at foreign stocks as the U.S. dollar is poised to weaken information to make cash and save cash the wbbm noon business hour continues the federal reserve's recent pivot to a looser monetary policy could weaken the u.s dollar and that could have a big impact on u.s stocks joining us to discuss this is mark holbert investment columnist for the wall street journal barons and marketwatch.com based in washington mark thanks for joining us today one of the stories of the year may not be as much of a story as inflation and interest rate hikes is that the dollar has been stronger than it has been in many a decade. And how can that change and when will it change? And when it does, how is that going to impact uh, the economic outlook here? Well, those are all great questions. Let me try to deal with them in turn. I mean, what will happen when the dollar declines? Let's assume it will decline soon. We'll get back to that question in a minute. But when it does, it means that foreign stocks will be a better bet than those stocks that are trading in U.S. dollar terms and represented by indices such as the S&P 500. And that's because when the dollar declines, the dollar value of foreign currencies goes up. And so it's a, it's a nice way of betting on uh, stock market returns when the, the, the dollar declines to bet on foreign stocks because you basically – are getting a double return. You're getting a return of those stocks themselves and the return of those foreign currencies relative to the dollar. We have seen just the opposite of that in recent years because the dollar has been so strong. And one of the reasons it's been so strong is that uh, interest rates in the United States have been much higher than those of uh, most of our trading partners. And it looks like, again, it's no guarantee, but it looks like the Fed is starting to uh, ease. We call that a pivot. And uh, at the same time that uh, Europe especially is looking like they're going to continue to raise interest rates. And if that indeed both of those things come to pass, it's likely that the dollar will start declining. 
And that's when you can get that double return by betting on foreign stocks over U.S. stocks. Now, the the strength of the dollar throughout 2022 uh, may stir some feelings of patriotism inside all of us, but that wasn't necessarily a great thing as far as the economy was concerned. Well, that's right. It cuts both ways. I mean, if you have a strong dollar, you're able to buy more things. If you're a company, let's say you want to buy things off a supply chain that goes uh, that is uh, sourced outside the United States, the stronger dollar allows you to buy more things. But on the other hand, uh, when you have a, a strong dollar, it means that the uh, the, the value of those foreign uh, denom- foreign currency denominated goods are worth less. And when you try to sell your goods overseas, you're going to get less. And so in that sense, it works both ways. And so you're quite right. I think there's a narrative among some groups of investors on Wall Street that a, a strong dollar is a good thing. As you say, sometimes it just traces to simple patriotism. But in fact, in economic terms, it really cuts both ways. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.